says he's a man of the people Don't believe him, he's deceitful He only likes field of dreams Cause his dad is dead And it makes him sad But we can have a catch Head out to center fields Then we'll dig your father up And have a weekend at Bernie Say. Who's that guy, Matt? Is he your co-host? Why does he get so mad at your Port Caro jokes? And is it true his stepfather strangled him? If I'm his dad, I'd strangle him too. Bobby McFerrin Now that he works for Callahan Does that make him a part of the clan? Do you have any regrets That you'd like us to know? Chris, you can tell us Here at the Quantum Week Live Show On this episode of Quantum Week, April 13th through 19th, 1996. Quantum Week. Quantum Week. Yeah, so we're here at the Strand Theater in Dover, New Hampshire. Um, I saw Twister here in this very room in 1996, very year. You did. I did. Uh, we were talking about this earlier. I saw, I've seen a bunch of movies. You saw a bunch of movies here. Yeah. But I was in the Matrix in the other theater. That's the thing that I most remember, I would say, about this space. I must have seen movies in here too, but for some reason, I was in the smaller space for that one. I don't know. Second run. Third run. Well, yeah, this used to be, this was a, obviously at one time a grand theater, and then it became kind of the shitty theater in New Hampshire. And then around 92, it became like a second run theater. So you yeah. this would like be like the last place to be able to see one of these movies in the theaters. So that's like when I saw Twister, it was the like second run. Did you ever see new movies here? Were you in New Hampshire? I know. Oh, I think I saw Misery here, like when it was like first run. Oh, shit. Your parents let you see Misery? Yes. How old were you? 10. Really? Yeah. Even like the, the Sledge Homer, uh, Sledgehammer oh, that section? Oh, oh that's, that's the one oh, of the worst. I can't watch that movie because of that. One of the toughest scenes in movies. I can't. There's no blood, but it's still I like, know. Oh. It's rough. Just when you see yeah. appendages go the wrong way, it's just, it's the worst. When I saw Twister here in this very room, I was on a date with a girl, but I don't think she knew she was on a date with me. <laughs> was she on the other side of the theater? <laughs> no, she thinks she saw she's like hanging, like we're all friends. Uh, I, was I, it I, with a group? Kind of. It wasn't that big of a group. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was two couples and she didn't know that. Uh, yeah. She thought like, yeah. she, okay. Thought, well, it's like buddies, I guess. I don't know. Did you try to make a move on her? No, no. No? No. Like you didn't hold Some hands. awareness, thankfully, even that back then. So I was yeah. like, eh, I don't know. I get it's it. not going to, yeah. All right. But yeah, but it's twisty. It's okay. But uh, we're talking about Fargo. Fargo, which is better. Uh, I, we, we just picked this, right? Like normally it's a, we, you all know, I'm sure, but it's a random number generator that picks the week that we were doing. But we picked the, you, we picked the, we picked this movie. Right. So it's a little bit different than normal. Yes. Home. But that's okay. Okay. 
How do you feel about this movie? This is... Okay, so this is tough for you because I don't know if this is the best movie of 96 or the second best. It's, this and Swingers are the two best movies of 1996. This is better, but I'm glad you like I was afraid that you were not going to like this movie. I thought you were going to shit all over it on me. Do you guys like the movie? Clap if you like this movie. Fargo. Who can see? Now, now, I see some people up front who's not, who are not say, clapping. I was going to say, clap if you do not like this movie. What's wrong with you? What? What terrible? I mean, I can, uh, too complicated. Is that what it was? So what do you like about the movie, Matt? I mean, every, I think it's like the intensity builds throughout the entire movie, which is a lot of fun. I also like the dichotomy between the very, like that accent is the accent of kind people. Right. And you have some very kind, like blue collar, simpler people um, versus like the crazy violence. Um, I like that dichotomy. I like seeing both. I well, like the seeing- William H. Macy character is that embodied, right? Like he's yeah, like yeah, this yeah. really pleasant looking guy and he seems so mild mannered and he seems so innocent. But he's the most evil person in this film. A film filled with quite a few evil people. Do you think he's evil? I just think oh, he's... Yes. He wants his wife? Kidnapped. I know, that, that's a terrible thing. You're right. You're right. You're right. I just think he's so incompetent and he doesn't want to have conflict. He doesn't want to have conflict, but he creates a situation that, by the way, he never would have gotten away with. The, oh, no way. One of the first scenes we see him in, uh, he... Well, the first scene we see him is with Steve Buscemi and Peter Stromayer's character. In the bar? In the bar. Yeah. And that's all fucked up. Like, people, <laughs> people were given the wrong information about what time to meet. Like, even the small things are fucked up. But then we see him later on uh, in his office, and GMAC is already calling him about the serial numbers about the car. Right. Like, no matter what happened, even if it hadn't gotten as crazy as it did, he's, this still would have been a shit show. It's he still would have been caught. An embarrassing amount of incompetence from that guy. A terrible. One of the worst criminals in film history. Why would you give a car from your own car lot to the criminals who are about to commit a crime? Why would you ever do that? Like not only a crime, but they're robbing your wife. They're robbing your wife. your wife. Like rather. that's not going to come yes. back to you? Yeah, that, that, is, that is... Why uh, would you use a mechanic from your work to set you up with the guys who are going to kidnap your wife? Shep, Shep, an underrated evil oh, person this character in this movie, right? Yeah, well, he goes off later goes on, off on, on Steve, uh, Carl. On Steve Buscemi's character, yeah, yeah. Carl, right? Yeah, he whips him with a belt. It's like yeah. Sopranos. That's a yes. Yeah. That's a crazy scene. It is, but Carl deserved that too. I mean, Carl deserved everything he got. Oh yeah, even the wood chipper, by the way. And yeah, another example of Carl, how evil Carl is. Like watching the poor, this poor kidnapped wife, by the way. Um, but the kidnapped wife is like with the bag in her head. She doesn't know where she's going. She's running right, around like a chicken, and that's just so laughing funny. at her. Yeah. That's the other reason, uh, another reason why I like this movie. It's funny. It's like, it's just sneaky funny the entire way through. Well, that's what some critics didn't like about it. They, they didn't like the humor? They didn't like how the humor mixed in with the uh, violence. They felt it was too jarring uh, for some people. Now, um, this was critically admired. I mean, yeah. Siskel and Ebert had it number one on their lists uh, for the entire year. Roger Ebert said it's one of the four best movies he's uh, saw that decade. Um, yeah, four stars, yeah. And his review is one of the most glowing Roger Ebert reviews I've ever read. Uh, he basically saying like, this is why I love going to see movies. Um, it was uh, over the top. Most critics did love it, but the few critics that didn't love it said that it was too jarring between the, the violence and then you have the, the humor and people didn't kind of know which way to go. I like that. I liked it too. Uh, and then William H. Macy also like, instead of, so think about when Marge comes. She's about, he knows that she's there because, because she's interviewing Shep. So he goes back to his office and what does he do? He fucking doodles. He doesn't even think about a good response. She asks him, was this car from your lot? Or was there a car stolen from your lot? And he has no answer. He stares at her blankly for a while. He didn't even think of anything to say. It's just, just dueling away. 
Yeah, uh, and the character's meant to be played that way. I guess in the script, you know how like William H. Macy's character kind of stutters and stammers? Yeah, yeah. Those are all scripted. Those are all actually in the script. Really? Yeah. The, Co the Coen brothers, of course, wrote this, directed it. Um, they even edited it under a pen name. I guess they edit all their movies under a pen name, except for two of them. How does that work? Do you get credit uh, as a, how do you, how does that work? I, I, I don't- Because I thought the- uh, The problem is this, this guy, I think his name is Roderick James. He's been nominated for two Oscars, <laughs> but he doesn't it's exist. It's all Coens. Yeah. <laughs> It's like Prince. It's like who? It's like Prince uh, writing, writing a bunch of so uh, songs under pseudonyms. Well, his, do the, you not know I, any of his pseudonyms? I can't remember. I can't remember. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like Prince. I feel like you have to incorporate Prince in like every episode somehow. I don't Is think I've ever said that before in my entire no, life. No, not that story, but you bring up Prince like all the time. Do I really? Yeah. I think this is the first time I've ever brought him up. You besides, bring up a lot. No, if he, well, if he co-wrote a song or something, I do. Mm. Do you not like Prince for some no, reason? No, I like Prince a lot. Just, it just, it's a weird, you always like shoehorn me. I almost feel like there's like some like inside joke I'm missing. Like, oh, I About gotta, Prince? Yeah. No, uh -huh. there isn't. But it's not just William H. Macy's character who's completely incompetent. It's Carl who's incompetent too. He doesn't put the plate on the goddamn car. How do you have a stolen car and you don't put a plate on the car? Yeah, it, that's, that's my- oh, Don't worry, I'll handle this one. He slips that 50. He's like, I want to take care of it I here. This. Yes, and he's trying to bribe the cop with like not much money. No, the only thing in this movie that is, uh, embodies every character is the amazing amount of greed. So, um, you know, William H. Macy is screwing Steve Buscemi's character out of, out of a lot of money. Out of 920000 well, $960,000. Well, yeah, but they're bickering over like 40 grand or 80 grand. Yeah, like yeah. some sort of battle there. Right. Uh, and then Steve Buscemi tries to rip off the Peter Stormare character by not letting him know that it's actually a million dollars in the bag and not 80,000. And he would have gotten away with it if he wasn't such a dick about the car. Right. Like, what, give him $20,000. You have a million dollars in a bag. Exactly. Like, let him have the fucking Your face is all shot up. Just give him $20,000 get the fuck out of there. What do you, like, As incompetent that, that all That Sierra never has such a shitty car. No, it's the worst. Created so much like, <laughs> I know. I mean, everyone wanted this car. Yes. <laughs> I mean, people were committing kidnappings to uh. get this car. Have you ever been in the Sierra? The Cutlass Sierra? I didn't even know it. No, no, of course they're not. All, they're like, like what's Oldmobile, right? Uh, is that what it is? Yeah, yeah Oldsmobile, right? The, Similar? The Cutlass Sierra? Yeah. Shitty, is right? Is it GM car? Is that what it is? Yeah, GMAC, of course. Awful. I mean, they, 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 they were this fine, a boxy they were fine car. cars, but they were like, I mean, they, there's nothing special. Well, Stormare wanted it bad. He did. Let's put that car. He did, yes. Do you think when he was staring, so there's a, the, par, uh, the, the scene right before there where he's staring at, uh, at William H. Macy's wife there. Do you think he was contemplating killing her then? He, do, you, do you remember that scene? She's all masked up. She's sitting by the, the stove. She's breathing out. He, yeah. They're kind of breathing out at the same time. Is he just thinking to himself, I'm going to kill that bitch? Is that what he's thinking? I think he's thinking he's so angry and cold. Like there's a couple of, there's also, is that the same scene when um, Buscemi's banging the TV? Yes. Uh, or is it a different scene? No, it's a different scene. I, I mean, think it's just a different see, scene. When they're showing though, you're just seeing Stormare, it's just like anger. Like, you know, and it's just bottling up, right? It's going to yeah. eventually go. Yeah. So I don't think he, I, maybe he's thinking he's just, I think he's thinking really evil thoughts. Not necessarily like that well designed. Like I think he just kills based on impulse, but I think he's thinking like, I could kill this person Which right seem, now. Seem, not like Shep was a good guy, but it seems like, it seems weird that, that Stormare's uh, character is who Shep vouched for. You know what I mean? Cause he right. seems like the most, well, I mean, like I, if he just goes I around. Big, I know you're a big Shep guy, but I don't Shep think Shep guy. is huge like Shep guy. the, uh, uh, Strong, silent type. Right. I mean, <laughs> I don't, I, the, the, not the best judge of character. No, probably but, not. No, but still, like to vouch for someone, this guy is a Stormer's a, a sociopath. Like if he he killed 
we killed like five people in the matter of a week here. Yes. You, you, this isn't the first time he's killed. Like clearly he's killed a lot in his life. And Shep vouched for that guy. When you saw this movie the first time, do you think it was based on a true story? Um, I don't remember. I saw it in 96 when it came out. Yeah. I don't remember. Did you? I didn't because I, I had read, because it was a big hubbub like when it came out. People were like, it's not, is it a true story? Is it not? And I was talking with Laura about it. And she's like, how did people not know? I'm like, you gotta remember this is before the internet. Yeah, like, there you was couldn't no, check like, it out. You couldn't just like look stuff up every right. day. Like it was, it, was, it was tough. You had to like do research and figure it out. And um, it took them a while to kind of figure out it really wasn't one. Um, but by the time I saw it in the theaters, um, but by the time I saw it, word had kind of gotten out that it wasn't. That it wasn't. I don't think it matters though. What, did that matter to you? It didn't matter to me at all. I guess they didn't tell the cast for three weeks. So they're shooting this movie really? for three weeks and everyone is, the cast and the crew are all shooting this thinking it's a real movie. Like based on a real story rather. And um, I just don't think yeah. it matters. Why? Do you think they allow them to get into character better? Like why would you, why the would you lie about The reason the Coens did it was because they wanted the audience to feel more engaged into the story. Like they feel like saying uh, it's a true story okay. means they're gonna like buy in more and be more invested. It's sort of an unbelievable amount of, of incompetence though throughout though. Like, if you think about it for just five minutes, it's I like- I don't think it is. I actually think that if most of us went into a life of crime and did these things- That's how would, it would turn out? It would go really, so this is the thing is like, William H. Macy's character is a used car salesman, or a car salesman rather, and, and he gets by on lies. But they're little lies about like true coats and yes, like, yes, yes. like small little things that like most people aren't gonna kill you over. But once you get into the world where the stakes are much higher, like those little lies and those little mistakes, yeah. like you can't just get away with it. But he was so unprepared to, though too. It's like both, it was incompetent and unprepared. He like didn't think it through. How do you, I, that's what I didn't get. I mean, he was just, he was completely overmatched the entire movie. Was there anything you didn't like about this movie? There is a, a scene that people really hate about this movie. Um, I actually watched it twice before we did this. And the first time I heard um, Marge say, what did she say? What's the la what's her last line? She says like I don't uh, I just don't understand. Yeah, so I'm agreed. And then like, why did you do all these things? I didn't and, quite and like she that. She ends it with like, and it's a beautiful day. Yeah, that was a little weird. Why? Well, <sighs> I don't know. It, it just I don't know. It just felt a little bit too too neat. I guess I don't know. Like she, I don't know. What, is there anything that you didn't like about it? Well, I, I actually love, I love this movie its entirety, uh, but there's a scene that people, a lot of people don't like, and I'm kind of curious to see what you guys think about it, is the scene with uh, the, the Asian guy. Oh, I love that. I do too. I love that scene. Clap if you like uh, the scene where she's meets up her friend in high school. It's like sort of half. All right, and clap if you don't like that scene. What's wrong with you? Uh, um, I don't I, know. I, I like it because it does, it, some people say, like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, why is that even in the movie? And it's, I believe it's in there because it shows Marge that Jerry, played by William H. Macy, is a liar. Like, it shows that people are able to lie about things very clearly and very easily. And I think she kind of just allowed William H. Macy's character to lie to her because he's so unassuming. I didn't believe that, though. He is so bad in that first interaction. She asks him point blank, like twice in a row, are there any cars on the lot missing? And he doesn't make, he doesn't respond. But, he looks completely guilty. But based on what she knows at that point, why would she think he's involved at all? Because she's too smart. I think she was, well, that's why, well, I, I never went away. It's always in the back of her mind. Yeah. I don't think she was ever like, hmm, uh, this but, guy's, uh, you know, kidnapped his wife. Like, I don't think- No, she, no, not that, but she must've known that uh, someone made a phone, didn't she know by that time that someone made a phone call to the, uh, yeah, she knew at that time that someone made a phone call to the dealership and that, um, well, there was another part of it. There were two pieces of it. Well, they were going it. after Shep more They were going after Shep, yeah. yeah. So maybe they thought it was him, right. I guess. But then for him to not answer, 
She's too smart for that. I didn't, I didn't like that she didn't catch on. And I don't, I don't, that's why I didn't like the Mike. So Mike lies, says that he has uh, his, his wife um, had, uh, had died of leukemia, right? right? But he never had a wife. He's just been stalking this chick. And it's, it's such a creepy scene. I love it when he sits down next to her and tries yes. to put it. It's so good. Is that um, a movie you tried before? Fuck no. Are you kidding me? That's so creepy. Yeah. Is that what you tried to do in the movie theater? No, with that, no, that, no, that, no, that no, 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 no. Twister? No. Holding hands. Um, did you like the yawn move? I've oh. never done that. No. No, it's so cheesy. Yeah. Uh, but that's why I don't, I know you, there's a moment. So like I said, I watched it twice and I looked for it this time. There's a moment in the car afterwards. She's driving and it's almost like a light turns on and that's when she right. goes to see Jerry. I just- And it's just after but she- it, But I have a hard time believing her she's not smart enough to see that he's lying the first time she's But with she him. doesn't know what he'd be lying. Why would this guy be lying? This guy, you know, when she meets him the first time, he has no reason to lie. I, I, I don't have a problem with that at all. Yeah, he just seems so nervous and weird. She's Maybe also when, not a superhero. She's a real person. So, you know, not everyone has all the answers. That's what I like about this movie. It's a bit, it's a bit complex in that- that's true. It allows Marge to be- She definitely has some hero moves where everything she does is kind of the- right thing in yeah, theory. Yeah, she goes and sees the car. But by that's why I like that right first meeting with William H. Macy because yeah. she doesn't put it all together right away. She's not Sherlock Holmes. So I did, I liked that scene. And regardless of if that was what clued her into the fact that Jerry was lying or not, I like that scene because it shows that, like she goes to meet, she goes to the twins, where she go? Minneapolis. Yes. To meet Mike. She doesn't go there because the job is requiring her to go there. That's a secondary thing. Because remember, she's uh, she's having a buffet lunch with uh, with her husband, with Norm, I think is his name, Norm. Yep. And uh, another police officer comes in yep. and says, you know, we've got this information or this phone number or whatever. And then she, then that's when she says, I'm going to Minneapolis. But I think she'd already decided she was going to go to Mike and this uh, go so to see Mike anyway. why do you anyway. think she was going to go see him then? I think because she's wondering, she's about to have a kid, she's settling. Now she's at the point of settling in her life and she's questioning whether she wants to do that or not. She's not perfect. So she's going to go check gets, out this hot Asian guy. She gets dolled up for him. She does. Yeah. yeah. She gets all, she like, does this thing but with her But the second hair. it gets real though, she backs off. She doesn't want him sitting well, next to her. Well, he's a creep. Yeah. Well, who, after one, 30 seconds of conversation, who comes across and sits down next to you besides and puts you? her arm around? Ne besides you and your yawn move yeah, when you're yeah, having right, a date right, night yeah, for yeah. Twister. Right, right, right. Besides you. Is that a, that's not a bad thing to do when you're 16, bring a, you're going to date to see Twister. That's not so bad. No, it's not. That's a good, that's a, that's a good idea. <laughs> no, no one's questioning the idea, right. but I'm just questioning why she didn't know it was a date, but you did. Right. It's like, did you not ask her? Do you just like really? sort of yeah, like when you're 16, you're like, hey, you know, do you, you want to hang out? You know, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to make it seem too serious. That whole thing. But I guess if you say you want to go see a movie with me, they sort of have to assume. But it's you're, a date, going, right? you're going with friends. I know you probably didn't, you didn't have any friends, but no, like for all those of us who had friends, like it's like, oh, it's all go kind of hang out and you kind of go from there, you know? How many friends though? I said I think it was I think it was two couples, including you. Yeah, yeah. So there's just four of you. It's yeah. not really like a, it's not like a huge group. This is a double fucking date. She didn't know it was a double date. I, th I think we were all just hanging out. I said, you know, I said, I know you didn't were have friends. Were the other two couples? Were the other two a couple? I don't remember. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I think they might A likely might story. Been. I think they were, yeah. Hey, I don't know. I'm not lying. The girl must have known. She must have known, but then she rebuffed your advances. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> no, no one's arguing this, Matt. Yes. Can we get back? What were we talking about with Marge? Uh, with the with Marge and Mike. Marge, Marge got dolled up to meet uh, Mike. Yeah, I think she's questioning whether she wants to, I mean, it's a little too late. She's seven months pregnant. She's going to have this kid with Norm. Like it's going to happen. But I think she's trying to see, is the grass greener with engineer Mike from Honeywell? It's a great line too. She's like, oh, Honeywell's, you know. You could do much worse. You could do much worse if you're an engineer. It's like so such defeatist. a boring, sad line. He's awesome. He does such a great job. He makes me so tearful for him. It's a, yeah, that's a, that's and then later on, when you hear he's a psychopath. Right. 
you want to move on from that. Um, no, I love that scene, but, and you do too. I do. do. You think it's, but people didn't like it, you said. I didn't read, well, Ebert liked it and every other review. No, I think I, I didn't read your, I think your average film goer maybe questions why that scene is in like there. Someone that, who went on a date with you at, to a movie theater. Sure. Probably question. Uh, but I think people, people, I, I, that was the one scene people were often like, I don't really get why that's in there. I don't really like that. I mean, um, and it's not like the movie's very short. It's only 95 minutes. So, um, well, someone else had an explanation that was just, if this is supposed to be a real story, then this is just one of those life things that happens. I don't know if Ebert said, someone said that, um, which could have been true too. And I think it would have been just a neat little side journey for Marge to, to give us a little bit more understanding of who she is. She's not perfect. She's not a hero. She has some questioning with her marriage. She doesn't know if she wants to settle. She's too, like, she's, she's kind of too smart for her surroundings. If you look at the other cops that she's, She's around like the first guy didn't understand what DLR was. I mean, right. you know right away that's dealer. DLR's dealer. You knew it, uh, huh, Matt? Look at yeah. you, huh? Yes. Pretty good. Uh, yeah. I would have pulled the Jerry Caper off, is what I'm saying. You really I bet you really believe you would have, don't I, you? I do, yeah. You do, I know. I do, you I know do. you do. You really yeah, every, yeah. Sorry, Barb, I would not have you kidnapped wherever. I'm sorry, wherever you are. But you really do think that you would be like some great criminal. I would have thought some of this stuff through. Like, there's no way mm -hmm. I would have. What do you mean? I'm not going to give them a car for but my But don't lot. you think that Jerry thought that he would have thought? Like, don't you think that every, everyone probably here probably thinks, oh, like, I could get away with it too. Yes, you know what I, I mean? do like, think Everyone a lot. thinks well, they can get away with it. I think a lot of people do. Yeah. Yeah. He overestimated him. How could he overestimate? He gets shit on by everybody, except for his wife, his loving wife, everybody else, his kid. His father-in-law hates him. Everybody hates him. Customers come in, yeah. walk all over him. He is just a, he's just a doormat the entire way through. How could he ever think that he's smart enough to do this? But he does. And same thing with Carl, with uh, Buscemi's character. It's like, he's, Who? isn't his name Carl? Buscemi? Buscemi? Buscemi, there you go. Isn't it B-U-S-C? Buscemi, right? I thought it was Buscemi. Biscotti? Buscemi? Buscemi. All right, well, uh, <laughs> Carl. <laughs> Steve. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, him too, though. Like, he, he was overmatched this entire time, but he thought he could easily. I mean, compared to Jerry, he was a mastermind. Um, yeah, I guess so, yeah. I would say either one. Like, you both are doing things. So stupid. So stupid. Yeah, I mean, he, the idea that you go to a parking garage where now the guy that checks your ticket is a witness. Like, why would you, like, there's so many do that. mistakes they made. And then, even if you do that, though, why would you get into a fight with the guy, pay him the $4 and get the hell out of there? Don't be conspicuous. Don't be the guy who is an angry asshole at the airport. You know what I mean? I do. Yeah. Uh, you want to talk home, brothers? Yeah, let's do that. Um, so, this is, um... Well, there's a way, but did, yeah. did you want to give it a grade? What do you, what do you, oh, yeah, let's give it a grade. I'm going to give us an A. Yeah, I was going to say A minus thumbs up. Yeah, this, this is going to crack my top 20 that we've done for the show. Is it your favorite Coen Brothers? It is my favorite Coen Brothers. Uh, in fact, that can lead us to a game I have for the audience here. We haven't played brackets in a while. We can play brackets. I think the brackets would be fun with the audience. Can I say that this is not my favorite uh, Coen Brothers, though? No Country for Old Men, I think, is can better. I do like I how snappy this is at an hour and whatever, 30 minutes or something. 95 minutes. Right. Like I like, I like how it moves right through. Yes. Whereas that's not the case for No Country for Old Men. But I think that's a better movie. Deacons, though, on this makes a wonderful looking movie. Right. You want to so do your brackets? Let's do the game first. I brought the Whatever. Point All right. Uh, so we'll play a little uh, brackets, baby. Um, so we have, I, ha I have the, uh, there's eight Coen Brothers films that have been nominated for multiple Academy Awards. Um, so I rank them in order of box office uh, tally. And we'll do it by your applause. So whatever um, you guys caught for more, we'll move on to the next round. Um, so the first matchup is True Grit versus Ballad of Buster Scruggs. 
So who would rather have two grit win? All right. How about Ballad of Buster Scruggs? Oh. <laughs> All right. So true, true grit will move on. All right, so next matchup is going to be Fargo versus Inside Lewin Davis. I hate Inside Lewin Davis. Um, who wants Fargo to win? And who wants the horrible Inside Lewin Davis to win? All right. Well, I think you set them up, though. They don't want to disappoint you. I think, that, I think there are more people who actually you like You disappoint me twice a week. Okay. Um, and... Uh, Third seed is uh, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou versus uh, A Serious Man. So who wants Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? And who wants A Serious Man? Ooh, what do you think? I think that's about a tie. Can we do that again? Sorry. Oh, oh, like oh Brother, Where Art Thou? A Serious Man? I think Oh Brother, oh, brother Where Art Thou. Yeah, yeah. That's close. Not by a lot. That was close. Uh, number, uh, the two and seven seeds, we have No Country for Old Men and Barton Fink. Uh, no Country for Old Men. And Barton Fink. All right. So, so all, the, uh, all the top seeds won. So now we've got True Grit versus Fargo. True Grit? Come on, True Grit. Uh, and then Fargo. Yeah, clearly better. And now we have Oh Brother, Where Art Thou and No Country for Old Men. Uh, who wants Old oh Brother? Yeah, it's going. No country? Yeah. So those are my top two as well. Right. And now it's down to Fargo versus uh, no country. This could be close here. Who wants Fargo? And who wants uh, Anton Sugar and uh, no country for men? Yeah, the people have spoken, Chris. Right. Well, I, I disagree with most of you. I think Fargo is better. What do you like better? Oh, uh, no country for old men. This is a better movie. Not by a lot. Not by a lot, but it's good. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, uh, no, I didn't get no, multiple no nominations. Uh, Oscar nominations. Yeah. yeah. Um, why, why? Why? Why do you like it? Why, why do I like, like it what? Why do you like Fargo better than No Country for Old Men? Uh, no Country for Old Men is. These are two great movies. Um, and we talked about we did we did a Quantum Week episode on No Country for Old Men, yes. and we talked about um how the more I see it, the more I like it. I, the first time I saw it, I really actually didn't like it. I was oh, so disturbing. I was so upset to the Brolin character yeah. vanishes in the third act, and I'm like, oh, what what? But the more you see it, the more you realize just how great the storytelling is by the Coen brothers in, in that movie, especially. Um, and, uh, but both, both movies deal with, are very cynical, dark, deal with like how awful humanity is. I actually think they're partner movies because I you can so see, too. like Margie, you could see her 30 years from now becoming sheriff. Becoming Ed, Tommy Lee Jones. Ed Bell, or I can't remember the sheriff's name, if that's his name. Yes. Yeah. Like once she gets just beat down, she see, this is maybe her first big, uh, introduction to violence. I mean, this kind of violence, although she's kind of nonplussed about it. There's three dead bodies there in front of her and she's like, okay. She's a cop, man. Yeah, but like where they, where they are. I mean, in the middle of- Well, she says they're not from Brainerd. Nowhere. <laughs> That's true, yes. But to see, like how much death do you think happens there? To give you an example, like, we had 13 murders in New Hampshire a few years ago. Like, you know, seeing violence here too would be kind of tough. You keep talking about how much you like uh, Bobby <laughs> McFerrin might be a 14th. Yeah, that's right. Um- no, I, I think I think it's a really good call, man. I think you're actually right. I think um, the Margie character could easily become yeah. She gets jaded and, over and time. And both movies are about kind of the space they're into. Like obviously, Fargo is about that, um, you know, North Dakota, Minnesota area, and New Hunterville Men is very much about Texas That's right. and and some of the landscapes there. And um, both deal with these evil people doing evil things motivated by greed. 
You can tell Coen brothers don't have a lot of love for other people, I don't think. Like, or humanity as a whole. Or respect for? They hate a lot of their characters. They do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and both of them don't understand what's going on. I don't understand what would possess someone to kill all these people is what Marge said. And then and, uh, Ed, Tommy Lee Jones' character is the same thing. He's like, I, it's, time has passed me, but I don't get, I don't get this anymore. I need to retire. I need to get out of here. So uh, yeah. Both great partners. So, I mean, if, if, I, I could never argue with someone too strongly if they preferred one over the other. Do you hate, but oh, obviously you don't, but it doesn't bother you that all the characters are dumb. Like a lot of, like they, I feel like everything's explained. So it's okay. You mean in Fargo? Yeah. Oh, well, Margie's not dumb. Right. She's kind of the only. I think you also, you hear someone has a different accent. You autom automatically assume they're dumb. No, 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 no. It's just uh, the other cops around her couldn't put some I know, things but together. Dumb. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think her husband's no, dumb. No, no, not Nor no, Norm. But he's got, he's like, a, he's a very minor character. I guess some of the other cops were too. He's a minor character though. Yeah. I mean, but the, all the main characters, William H. Macy and uh, I don't know Carl. if William H. Macy's Buscemi? character is- Buscemi? He's, I don't know if he's dumb. He's just in over his head. I guess. Like, I don't think, I don't, oh, I don't think the father-in-law is or dumb at they all. Do all do, is no, 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 no. Yeah, you're right. He's a, right, he's a self-made I, I said, I think and, there's a thing where you hear someone with that accent, you just assume they're idiots. I know you want to, you want to position it that I'm way, but that's to, not yeah. the case. Yeah, you're trying to. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to let you though. All right. Uh, no, I think it's polite and kind. I think they're polite and kind people, but then we find not all of them are. Some of them are dark evil. You, evil can be anywhere, Chris. Someone mentioned the Big Lebowski. Do you, do you I, I don't like the Big Lebowski. I know, and you've tried it a few times, right? Yeah. I'd like to cover it. I haven't seen it probably since early 2000s. I did like it. I've probably seen it five Would or six times. Would you put times. it up here with these movies? Um, It's better than some of these. Yeah, I think I... Ugh, I wonder if it's better than True Grit. True Grit, we gave like a B, I think. Um, I think it's better than some of these movies. Would you guys put Big Lebowski with No Country for Old Men Fargo in that range? Clap if yes, I guess. Because you don't. So how many, you've, you've had, you haven't been able to make it through the entire movie, right? Oh no, of course I have. Oh, have you? I might have even seen it here. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, I thought that you'd like started oh, no, it. I've seen, I've seen it, it in its entirety like three or four times. I keep trying to like it. Because um, I love the cast. The Coen brothers are great. A lot of my friends love the movie. Um, I, I just, I, I'm, I keep missing like what pe draws people to it. But you also don't, you don't like uh, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou either. It's do okay. You? It's, I don't, no, you don't I, like I, it when they do, do sort of whimsical. I don't, like like, the, I don't like the whimsy. And um, I guess maybe but, more. But I would, I would say I like Oh Brother more than Big Lebowski. I, you do. I, and I'd recommend Oh Brother, okay. lightly. I wonder what it was. I, th I think Lebowski's funny, or at least I did yeah. you know, 15 years ago. Yeah. Who knows? But I would put it up here. Uh, Hudsucker Proxy is another Coen Brothers movie that I really like but I haven't seen that for a long time. Miller's Crossing is okay. That's a, that's a pretty good that's one. That's another one. That, I mean, they, 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 they're so prolific. I, you know, they make movies for a while, you know, every year, it seemed like. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and I, you know, so they made a lot of movies. Some of them aren't good, like Lady Killers is especially terrible. Not good. Um, they've made some really bad ones. Did you um, see Buster Scruggs? I did. I, I have not. Did not like it. Didn't like it at all. I haven't seen uh, Llewellyn. I should see it. I know you don't like it, but other uh, Inside Louis Davis? Yeah. Um, yes, that movie is... I, I, I know thought, you don't. I thought it was, I really hated Lumen Davis. Like, it's like, I hated like the character, like to an insane amount. I, yeah. It made it like hard to watch. I just really found him to be so, so, uh, he's almost like a whiny version of the dude in a way. Oh, that's annoying. Yeah. Um, anything else on Fargo? I think that's it. Acting's amazing. Oh, a bunch of Oscar nominations. I did. We get like nine or something or seven or nine. What was uh, it? I think it got seven. Seven one, and two. Then one, two. Uh, Frances McDormand won, of course. Uh, She's great. And, right. and it, it is one of the most iconic roles. It is. Uh, 
I've seen an actress play in the last 30 years. And do we, how, how long is it until we see her? Isn't it like she's not 30 in the first minutes? Act. Yeah. She, until we see her? She's not in the first act at yeah, all. Yeah, that's a long time. Um, and it also won for best screenplay, uh, best uh, original screenplay, which, um, which I don't, obviously it deserved. Yeah, totally. I don't remember if it got nominated for cinematography, but if it didn't, it should have. I don't remember if it did either. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it did get seven nominations, including uh, director and picture. This, of course, was the English patient year. Um, which kind of just dominated. I mean, I remember. Oh, that's right. And, and I, I think that's what won for cinematography too. Oh, it may have. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, if some of you are old enough to remember, you might remember like uh, the English Patient was not only the heavy favorite, but was a complete the lock. Like you knew yeah. when you sat down at seven fifty nine and put the Oscars on, like the English Patient was going to win mm. a, a ton of awards. Did you like that? I saw it once. I thought it was pretty good, but I I've never gone when back. When it came out ninety, uh, I remember just kind of being bored by it. It reminded yeah. me a lot of. Um, uh, the David Lean movies, uh, Dr. Chicago kind of, it has that same kind of feel to it, which I'm not, I, some people love them um, and I can definitely admire how beautiful they are. Yeah. But it's just, it's not, I prefer a movie like Fargo so much more. Something that's a little more snappy. Yeah, snappy, Matt, yeah. Is that how you describe it? Yeah, no, nope, I would never describe it. Like the way you're dressed that. tonight too is very snappy. Thank you, yeah. thank you. you. You look great too, Matt. That, that's kind. Um, do, do, do we, we have a little giveaway for the audience. Oh, you want to do that? Yeah, we can. Yeah, you got, yeah. So we got our, our friends from Two Tours are back. Um, Two Tours uh, is our, our favorite sponsor. Yeah, give they Two are. Tours. They've been huge for us. We're so glad they could make it here tonight, all the way from the South. No, they're not here. No, they're not um, here. They are working on a ton of new stuff. Uh, they're working with the college right now there. And they have a laboratory. They got a million things going on, but they really wanted to uh, thank you guys for coming out tonight. So I have uh, giveaways here for two lucky people here. I got, uh, um, what is this here, Matt? Uh, a disposable? Is this what is? What you I think that's it? a vape, right? This is a vape. Yeah, oh this is a disposable God. vape. Okay. Disposable vape. You should try some. Okay. And I have a, a premium blunt. Um, so, is that the chronic? So <laughs> it says two tours premium blunt. Sweet. Delta eight flower. Um, so I'll probably, you know, is, am I? Is this like drug dealing? Yes. No, it's not. <laughs> uh, I mean, they paid to come in, so by the transitive power, I think right. it's a drug deal. Sure. Uh, <laughs> so our song is 1979. So I guess. Clap if you were born in 1979. Anybody? Really? I hear someone clapping over there. Oh. Who wants? Over there. Yes. Light it up. He needs it. <laughs> let me get. Let me guess. Not your first blunt. <laughs> no. T today. No. Yes. <laughs> Cool. So thanks, uh, Two Tours. They've been a great sponsor. Yeah. For so the other time. thing they want to do is thank uh, anyone listening as well. Uh, you can check out their uh, their website, twotours.com. Promo code QW, but uh, you'll get free shipping. But they upped their promotion for the end till the end of the year for us, fifteen percent. So it's not ten percent anymore. Fifteen percent. That's another five percent. I know. That's like thirty three percent more. Uh, so fifty um, percent more. Fifty. And uh, so yeah, go to twotours.com. They've been a great sponsor for us. Oh, they have a new thing too. They have oh. these dragon fruit gummies. These are the best gummies I've ever had. They are incredible. They taste so good. I, I can't recommend them enough. Like, I've never had a dragon fruit before. Does it, was it just like I don't know. Any, I don't know. Do you, have anyone here had a dragon fruit? Clap. If you've had, do you know what a dragon fruit is? Do I have no idea. Some people do. I, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know what it was, but it tastes, it's, uh, it's not citrusy, but it, it, it tastes really good. Uh, it's like a sweet and citrus mixed together, maybe. Nice. It's, oh, they are fantastic. I can't recommend I mean, their really gummies good. are good anyway. I mean, the gummies are good anyway. These taste, really taste 
Really good. So did they did they make these different? Was it just a different flavor? Is that why they were putting it together? Because what are the other the other ones are? Well, the other ones are kind of like if you get the package, it's um like different uh, colors. They're yeah, tiny yeah, little yeah, yeah, squares, yeah. you know. This is a bigger gummy. Yeah. Um, and it, it tastes tastes fantastic. All right. Well, so tutorials.com. Code word QW. Yes. Nineteen seventy nine by the Smashing Pumpkins. This is uh, it hit number twelve on the Hot One Hundred, so didn't hit number one. We why, had some. Why they got that high? Yeah, is I know. It? This was one of their big crossover hits. It hit a lot of the charts, but yeah. they tended to do well on the modern rock or like the rock or the alternative charts. Even like the adult, uh, what is it? Adult alternative charts. They would do well there too. This is the kind of song that would hit that. Whereas a lot of the other songs, the out. Did you, you must have listened to the, the oh, thirty songs of this. Got, oh, did you really? Who, who here had this out? Melancholy, Infinite Sadness. It's like 30 songs on this bad boy. Double CD, right? Remember? You, yeah, it was, yeah, it was legit. Yeah, it was huge. Um, I was never a big Smashing Pumpkins fan. I know, I know, I know. This is a good song. Loser. No, I do. <laughs> loser, I Wait, got dates. So, so uh, hold, hold on a second, hold on a second. So you liked Bobby McFerrin? But you don't like the Smashing Pumpkins? I think I grew saying? into Bobby McFerrin. No. It took a little while. No, it wasn't like, don't worry. out of it. <laughs> National treasure, that band. Yeah. Um, no, I, I just, you know what it was? Is how I was first really introduced to Smashing Pumpkins was their heavier stuff. Like, uh, what's the song on this album? It's uh, Bullets Bull, with- Bull, Butterfly Wings. Bullet with Butterfly Yeah, Wings. yeah, Don't really, the heavy stuff by them, I don't like. It's like, it's too garage bandy. Like, it's hard to listen to. It's very caustic. Um, whereas like, so Nirvana is very caustic garage bandy. Yeah. If you listen to the recording, it's harsh. But they're so unique, that's okay. Like I was fine with that. I think it's more just that grunge style. I don't know if it's a garage band. No, because the other grunge band, bands weren't like this. Pearl Jam had much better recording. The distortion wasn't as like, isn't crazy. Every, most other people had stronger voice or Soundgarden. That was the other, we were going to do um, uh, Burden in My Hand, which was the same, same year. That is like a pristine recording. And if you listen to this, it's so harsh and nasty. So I think how I was introduced to it, I was like, eh, I don't really. So you were introduced, but you were introduced no, they had albums yeah, They yeah, yeah. had uh, uh, Today. today which, yeah, but that gets heavy too. And I was like, ah, this is an okay pop tune. And uh, they also had the Disarm, which I thought was okay with like the, the bells. Ned Sherb Rock. That was on Siamese Dream yeah, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was, a, right. That was their breakout album. Yeah. Gish was the first one. Is that what Gish it was? Gish was the first one. There was, that was like on there. college radio. I don't know. It just never hit with me. I, but I like this song. I think I liked 1979 better now than I did as a kid. I think part of it is because I didn't give them enough of a chance. That's that's on me. But I also think this is a more adult song. This isn't a 17-year-old kid's song. No. This is about melancholy, like lost, lost opportunities. And I don't think that, as I said, like I, don't, I just, I wouldn't have gotten, it wouldn't have resonated the same way as a 17-year-old who's got the world in front of them, all these possibilities in front of them, like it does now where you're like in your 40s and a lot of doors are closed. Um, so I like it better now. But you like it. 
I like this song. And you a like lot. them? I think this album. I do like I, them. I, do I mean, like the I, I, I mean, I like two of their albums. I like Siamese Dream a lot, and I like this one a yeah. lot. This is a really good album. Um, almost every song. It's too. The, the album's too too many songs. It's too long. That's like, problem. You could have. I mean, if it were a twelve song album with their twelve best songs, this would have been a killer. It's really album. Great album. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, Tonight Tonight is an amazing. That's a great. Song. That's, that's a my great favorite song. on this album. It's good. Um, and then you know, I think mean, Bo- Bo- Butterfly Wings is a really good song. I think Zero is a good song. Like. This is a legitimately great album from that alternative point in time. Those yeah. mid-90s, um, for what you're looking for, like a rock mid-90s, this is about as, I don't say as good as it gets, but this is right up there. There's also another example of this was the last song written on the album. I feel like we encounter that a lot. Well, we hit that with Springsteen, didn't we? Well, yeah, uh, uh, Dancing in the Dark, I think, yeah. was the last song that he wrote. Didn't his producer, Kirk would know better than me, but didn't his producer say, like, you don't have any hits on this album, which is a bad move. And then he went home, Bruce went back to his hotel and wrote it in like a few hours, Dancing in the Dark. And in and this it, case, the producer's like, I don't want the song on the album. Well, <laughs> and it makes sense. I think, so the original, so it took him a while to write this. I think he was writing it during Siamese Dream, but he just never got to it. They wrote like 60 songs for this album and chose 30 of them. Um, so, and, and yeah, so this, so this was one of them, but it was kind of, I think it was more instrumental. Like what's the, the, first, the namesake song? Uh, the titular song or whatever of this album, the of the the first song on the on the record is just piano, right? So isn't that what it is? Melancholy and the ultimate sadness. That song is like or oh, infinite sadness. Duh. Uh, sadness. It's just instrumental, and I think that's largely what 1979 was. He only had like one lyric for it, and uh, and so Billy uh, Billy, uh, Billy Corgan oh, Corgan. Thank you. <laughs> Billy Corgan produced this, but had a second producer that co-produced it, a guy named Flood, who was doing stuff with Nine Inch Nails and some other folks. You uh, too, I think, even in, in this time period. He was the one that was like, no, no, no. And Corgan was like pissed off, so he goes home and, and finishes it. Um, like actually wrote lyrics for it, wrote a complete song for it. And good thing he did, because it's the second best song on the album. What's the best song? I think Tonight, tonight, tonight is, is tonight, the best. Tonight, I love that song. Tonight, Tonight might be, and I know I'm not a music uh, student like you, uh, but Tonight, Tonight might, robot, be, might be the prettiest, most well-recorded song of that era, of that alternative, if that's like, you know what I mean? It's like, a very pretty song, yeah. Like the way, but the way it's recorded, it sounds so lush. See, this is how they can break away from the other grunge bands, is they, a lot of the other grunge bands are not using keyboards and orchestration and all that stuff, but... Uh, Smashing Pumpkins are such great writers. They they do, and they can orchestrate really well. And that's that's an example. I like when they do the more indie orchestrated music. I don't like when they do the heavy stuff. But they didn't break away though, because their next album was a disaster. Is that that adore oh, album? Yeah. Um, which I like that title track, but the the album didn't work. Yeah. And then they followed it up with another album that like no one no one wanted. I can't, I can't remember the name off my top of my head. Like it, in their career, just. Yeah, 2000, they done. Were gone. I mean, well, most alternative was done by 2000 anyway because you had the boy bands and yeah. uh, music just totally Spears, changed. Yes. Everything changed. Yeah. But I mean, they really, you would think that they would have been ones, like you said, that could have moved to the next right. level. Well, they were doing that on their albums though, is what I mean. Like they, they, were, they were kind of two different bands on their albums. They're soft stuff. They weren't doing like these rock ballads. Like if you think of like Pearl Jam, their slower ballads were like alive, but it's very similar to their other songs, they don't sound that much different. Whereas their metal songs are, uh, um, are different than their, than their like softer indie songs. Um, so I think they did break from, but yeah, as time went on, they could I think this is one of the better it. songs we've covered. I like this song, but I, like I said, I like it more. I didn't give it a chance as a Ute, but I, I, like, it, uh, I like it a lot better now. 
Do you have any clips you want to play from me or anything? Or is there anything else we need to do with Well, that? I wanted to talk a little bit more about the song. There's a couple that you rushing me on. You want, no, to, you just, want to tell your stories. No, I, no, I just waiting for you to get to uh, another part of the music. I mean, people are here for the music segment, right? Yes. <laughs> I, get, I take too much shit from you, by the way. People want music. Drink your Pepsi. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so one of the reasons why I like it, so it is a, it's a melancholy song. It's, uh, and, and it does something, there's like way more depth to the song than I, I just didn't give it enough listens when I was a kid, uh, but there's way more, more depth to it. Like it does something really cool. There's, uh, so in music, you'll hear calls and response a lot of times. Like we just covered Ray a couple weeks ago and uh, the movie, right? The movie, right, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you see in the movie, like, uh, and this happens a lot in R&B and blues, where uh, like Ray's singing something and then his choir of, of female singers will sing something back to him. Call, response, call, response. Well, that's kind of what's going on here too, but it's the reverse because it's like, you hear the, like the guitar, but no vocals. And then he responds to it. So on like first listen, it's kind of like he was responding to the emptiness. Because normally when you do a call and response, it's the call that's the most important. It's Ray, you know, Ray talking that's most important. Um, and it's his perspective too. And the response is less important. But this way, it's almost like the call, the emptiness is not as important as the response. But I think it gives that sort of uneven, like melancholy feel to it. That was my fir- like, first impression when I re-listened to it again. What, oh, what though is like, the, what's the most iconic or striking part of the song, do you think? I mean, for me, the most, I mean, it's not the part, but the, just his voice is the most striking. It's not iconic. That's more just a Smashing Pumpkins yeah. theme throughout. The thing that sticks out to me is this. Yeah, yeah. That thing, that's right? Fair. yeah. So I'm like, I just never thought, I was like, what the fuck is that thing? Because if, if that's the, if, okay, so if that's the call. You expect and him to be able to answer that somehow? I figured, like, how would I have said that? Oh, because that's so unique. I've never heard anything. But how would I say that though? Oh, just go. You would. I was hoping you. I was hoping you would go. Like, you know, they do like a little flutter. What a weird question to ask someone. You would have said the effect in the, the beginning answer. of the verse. Is that the answer? Because you didn't answer it with that. You, you didn't say, say that. that. I don't know why. How would I have ever said that? Describe it. Just use your words. That's my words. Someone do something. Well said. All right. All right. Anyway, so I think that's like the most striking thing of that song. That's what sticks out to me. I'm like, what the fuck is that? And uh, so I just thought, I don't know, if on first listen, you're kind of like, well, it's a guitar or it's kind of vocalish or maybe it's a keyboard. What, what, what the hell is it? And then if you listen a little closer, come to find out when he wrote the original version of the song, he, uh, the only lyric that he had was today. And it's today. And what they did is they took the two-day and they chopped it. They sampled it, chopped it up, put a shit ton of effects on it and this tremolo thing. And that's what it is. So it's his voice. It's his voice. So the, he's actually calling to himself. And when, you, and when you look at it, when you add that to the lyrics, this is what he says. Um, I got to find it. Do, do, do. He says, today, shakedown 1979. Today, cool kids never have the time. Today, on a live wire right off the street, you and I should meet. So he's like creating some urgency by saying, no, this is going down well, right now. Play it again so people know that it's a voice now, you know? Uh, 
Oh, you can hear the two yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah but like, unless you listen to it like really yeah. closely, you can't tell. So that's what that is. So I, I think that's such a neat little like nuance um, that uh, makes a song like. I mean, it gives right. a lot more depth. I mean, I, I think those little. Um, I don't know. I don't know what you call it. Those little accent marks on are peppered throughout this album. They on are. a lot of these songs. There's so much care. Yeah. That went into this album when you. You listen to some alternative stuff, and, and I love that stuff in the, in the 90s. Some of it didn't have a lot of care. It was, it was thrown it. together. Right. Um, but with this, you could hear those touches. It's funny that it's today that he says, because he has a song, you know, Today is the Great, you know, yep. that song today from his previous album. Yeah. So he's really stuck on that word. If you, look, if you look at it, the Today works with the lyrics. It it, uh, it adds another dimension to it, which I it like. Yes, I agree. Um, I think that's pretty much it. Oh, the only thing is like... <laughs> Yeah, so they, they stopped in 2000. The mu music changed, so their record sales were changed. So they sold, this, there was like a 10 million um, uh, copies selling record, right? So this is their big and one. And this was like, remember if you guys bought this, it was like $25. Like it was expensive to buy this. I it forgot. Was two it was, CDs. That's right. So like, yeah. it, if, you know, it wasn't just 10 million. It was, 10, right. it was almost like 20 million in a way. So they're riding high, but but like they, it's not just like the music changed and their record sales were doing bad. They all, like peep, their band members were dying. Like in 96, their keyboard player, touring keyboard player overdoses with the drummer. Keyboard player dies. And then they kick the drummer out of the Chamberlain. Yeah, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Chamberlain, Chamberlain yeah. I think. Kick him out of the band for two years while he goes through recovery. But, you know, it's not just the, it's not just the music sales. Like they were self-destructing too at the same time. Um, that's it, I think. Uh, I think it, like, it was nominated for seven... Or some no, this song was nominated for two Grammys. The album for like seven albums. I mean, the uh, video's cool. Video is cool. Uh, there's a. It's basically if you haven't seen the video, it's uh, basically almost like these teenagers kind of just having fun. Yeah, doing various things. That, but one of the things they're doing is they're toilet papering like a tree, and the camera is on the toilet paper roll, yeah. so it follows the roll through. It's actually a pretty cool visual effect. Billy Corgan wanted them to like destroy property at the end of it, and uh, the directors like convinced him. Let's, let's not do that. Let's not make these kids into criminals. Let's, yeah. just, let's just make them kind of having fun and hanging out there. I guess a bourbon, um, like kids just kind of just having fun. Yeah. 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 Um, I think that's probably it okay. for the song. Unless you have any other thoughts on it. No. Nope. Uh, what were you doing? Yeah. So this is, um, if, if you're familiar with our show, you know, I talk about the lost years a lot. Uh, and that was the time between 97 and 99 when I wasn't in high school. I wasn't in college. I was just kind of working at McDonald's and just kind of just taking like two and a half years of just like figuring out shit, um, really not doing anything at all. Uh, but this kind of is the prologue to the last years because this is the very week when I got my job at McDonald's. Really? This is it. Oh, this is instrumental yes, McDonald's. To this. Arch Deluxe. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, it was so, <laughs> this should have told me maybe this isn't the best job in the world. <laughs> so I, uh, I went there, uh, I went to McDonald's um, randomly with my friend, Will. I wouldn't even say friend, he's more of an acquaintance. I don't even know why we were hanging out that day. Um, but sometimes in high school, you just hang out with kind of random people sometimes. And he always had a really low voice. He talked like this, uh, my name's Will. Um, and uh, me and Will were just, um, just driving around. I think we went to the mall, the Fox Mall. So you guys Mall. like sang together, right? You do some nice... Uh Nice high harmony That's why we over were his voice. Yeah, we had yeah, different kind of perfect. voices. Yeah, um, and uh, we went into McDonald's, and uh, we just went to McDonald's to get something to eat. And I saw they were hiring, and I'm like, "Well, I just got my license recently. I need a job. This is the place. Why not? Like, I was just like, whatever. And I was just like, almost like half-hearted doing the um, application while we ate. And I turned it in as we were about to leave, and the guy's like, the manager came behind. He's like, "No, no, wait, hang on a second. We'll we'll interview you right now." And I'm like, "Are oh, they?" All right. Yeah. Um, Should have like, been a red flag right there. I'm 16. 
<laughs> so I sit down and uh, he's like, uh, they're like, all right, we you know what can to have, you know, if you want to kind of what, what my schedule is going to be or what I expected from the job. He asked me a couple questions and he's like, you know what? I'm ready to hire you right now. <laughs> like, all right. So I, uh, I had a job and like, like three days later, I was at my like first orientation there. Did you haggle over, over dollars there? No. You're like I, uh, I, 12 I, I did not get minimum wage though. This was back. I want to say I was making four, four fifty. Wait a minute. Oh yeah, four twenty five was min- minimum right. wage, right? And I eventually, Holy my first review, I remember the, I got a review that summer. It was the same, same day as the All Star game, and uh, they gave me uh, a twenty five cent raise. So I got bumped to four seventy five. <sighs> you worth yeah, everybody, right? <laughs> but the other interesting that happened this month at McDonald's was, and this was the only time that happened when I was working there, was McDonald's was running a promotion because the ninety six Olympics were coming, were going to be happening. Uh, McDonald's was a sponsor, and um, they had a thing where you could win a trip to different. Uh, former Olympic cities, and someone at my McDonald's won a trip to Greece. Really? So they came over and they're like, "I think I've won a trip to Greece." And I'm like, 16. I'm, I just started working there. I'm like, "What?" Shut and up. sure enough, it's like you have won. And what happens is you uh, there's a number you call. Yeah. How do you know that? No, I'm saying yeah to continue the damn story. Um and uh, so <laughs> yeah. Guy know, guy knows I follow. Everything. I'm saying, yeah, I follow. So uh, they brought this person like behind the counter and then they had to call this like special number and like this like prize office in corporate McDonald's uh, like instructed them with what they get and they won a trip to Greece. Awesome. It was wild. And then like, I kept waiting for that to happen again because I was at McDonald's until like what, the year 2000? Uh, I was like working there. You had like four years of McDonald's. Remember, I, had K- I was also at KFC for like six months period. Oh, time. that's right. What's oh, up, no. Baby? That is the worst. Uh, the worst. Um, but uh, yeah, I, uh, and no one ever like won anything like that again. And I was able to happen like my second week in the job. Do you know if that, that, uh, that franchise location, did they get any like thing extra for having, because you know when you sell right. a Powerball ticket, you get- right. I don't, I don't think so. They didn't give me any cut. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get, like, get a, a trip cut. to like, you know, Athens, uh, Georgia or anything. No, I didn't get any cut. Um, no, it was just- um, Imagine what a McDonald's trip to Athens, Georgia would be like though. Athens, you're, Georgia? <laughs> not, yes. not Athens, Georgia. Athens, Greece. No, I think, it, I'm sure it was nice. You think so? Like, you don't think so? Blue, like first class? I, mean, I don't know if you know like, this, Matt. McDonald's is a pretty big company. I know, like, but I've, I've had their food though. Yeah, but I mean, that meant some the prizes are okay. You think so? Yeah. All right. Have you seen that? Um, that documentary, uh, McMillions, that's what it's called, right? No, I haven't. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's about um, how this person kind of scammed the Monopoly game. How, how can you do that? Uh, well, they have, they have, the, it's the whole documentary's about it. It's pretty oh, so I should watch is what you're uh, saying. It's pretty good. Okay. Uh, but <laughs> one time I took like 20 of the hash brown wrappers, you know? Yeah. Because they had the Monopoly pieces on there. And I went in the bathroom and I was like pulling them off. I wanted to see if I won. But all I got was like, you know, like, Baltic Avenue and like, I got like the shitty, I, I like 20 of them. Like if I have 20 of these and I can't win, like no one can win. No one's going to win. Yeah. You got to pull it together like families or towns got to all come together to try to get a, get, a, uh, get a win. Sorry. Another thing I did, this is terrible. I, uh, around that same time, I met up with another buddy of mine. That was, well, I, I met a new friend. His name was Jeff and he worked at McDonald's as well. And we would, I don't know why we did this. This is not good. We would, uh, <laughs> we'd fill up shakes, like, like a large shake, um, and we put a, a lid on it and we drive around the Fox Room Mall parking lot and just chuck them at cars. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like art. It was like, you know, you have like strawberry shake. It's all over this, you know, 1996 Geo Metro. Jackson or like, Pollock. It was, it was wild. But the best was that every March was Shamrock Shakes. 
<laughs> so the green, green, the green was like a really like it was like fluorescent green. So we really like, we always have fun. Do- oh, <laughs> you're a hoodlum. Why would I do that? Like, why, why is that good? I don't know. I would never do that. We now. go through phases. It's awful. I stole baseball cards from like places. If you that ever, was terrible. You stole baseball cards. Yes, places? as a kid, I did that too. I felt so bad. I'm such a. Yeah. Who'd you steal from? Um, it was. Oh, I think it was the. What's going on? Man down. Is everyone okay? All right. Well done. It was drunk. Uh, Kmart actually from Hooks at Hooks at Kmart. I stole from Kmart too. Yes, yes, capers. I we, stole whole uh, boxes from like the Kmart. And I, the I, <laughs> I was so bad. I, I I never. Oh no, I got caught. Oh, I didn't get caught. I got caught. Oh, Called my parents. Idiots. Oh, so do? bad, so bad. How'd you get caught? I, this uh, lady was walking around and she came up to me and she's <laughs> like, "Hey, uh, how are you doing today?" I'm like, "Great." She's like, uh, <laughs> "You gonna, you want to ask a question?" No, go ahead. She's like, um, uh. What you got there in your pockets? <laughs> I was like, nothing. It's like, we got you on camera. I'm like, Ugh, come with me. And so then I had to go to the back office. I was like, should I run? Should I run? Should I run? Should I run? I didn't run. Called my parents. Like, oh, they threw the book at me. They were trying to give up my, get me to give up my friends. All my thieving friends. You probably gave them up to like, No, I didn't. Right. I'm like, not my band, not my crew. No way. Your band. I love that my, you. My crew of I love that, that you just said earlier, like twenty minutes earlier, you were like, "Oh, I could definitely get away with the murder in Fargo." <laughs> I've you learned couldn't a little. Even steal a fucking pack of baseball I've learned cards. a little since idiot. I was twelve. <laughs> what a dope! <laughs> what were you gonna ask me? That was it. That, oh, was, that, was, my, that was my point. <laughs> All yes. right, good. So, oh yeah, what, what, what a fool. Uh, well. Yeah, so that's what I was doing. I was, I was at McDonald's. Um, started my long prosperous career at McDonald's <laughs> in Newington. What do you? What was your ending pay there? Do you remember? Oh Christ. Did you get up to like 10? God, oh, I was making at least six figures. No, I was like, uh, <laughs> well, cause you got manager like $6 well, an hour. You got, no, you well, got, I wasn't a manager. I was a crew chief. I thought, did KFC make you manager? Yes. Or that that KFC was the draw. Made me manager. What were you making over there? I had a salary there. So they really had me over a barrel because uh, like, screwed. you work like insane hours yeah, for like yeah. no money. I don't know. I was making, uh, it could have been, it might've even been like 18. Like 18 bucks or 18,000? 18,000. Yeah, so I, I want to say, no, remember, this is back in 1998, but that's still not good. When I was like beginning my professional career, early 20s, I went to Walmart to check it out because they have, they have like, uh, you can make a lot of money there if you're on the uh, management track. But they want, they, like, 70 hours a week, they would have paid, I think, 30,000 was the salary. When, when, when did this happen? When oh, I was like 22, 23 oh. years old. And yeah. you thought that was like a path? I. No, I was just checking out my options. I didn't take that job. No. All right. Uh, it was offered to me, of course, but I didn't. What if take they that came job. back to you now? You're working for Jerry Callahan. They're like Walmart's like thirty thousand. I'd be like, sign me up. <laughs> no, not about no. the money. Not no, the money. No, no. No, it's as a career path. Oh no, no, no. No, you no, stick no. with Jerry. Uh, yeah. All right, all right. You know I like doing. I podcasts. know, I know. I just thought, you know, I've, we're doing a live podcast right now. We are. We, yeah, I know, Matt. Yes, we are. Well, uh, so what were you doing next? Uh, okay, hold on. I, I brought props as I told oh, good. you. Good carry top, everybody. I'm not gonna wear it. Only he wore his props. I don't even know how this is going to go. Probably badly. Probably, probably badly. So if it's bad, we'll just move on. Okay. So in 1990, so this is my, my senior in high school. That's right. That's so right. this is like hugely transformative time. I've got a lot of memories. We've talked about this before. I made a joke about being strangled by my stepdad on the song. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that, that came up earlier this year. We talked about that on an episode before too. I think that was just a few months before. Um, but like family stuff deteriorate, deteriorating and I'm going to college. But um, I thought that it might be something a little bit different to take a look at that time period <laughs> from some of the folks who lived it with me in my yearbook. Wow. Ooh, Central High School yearbook. Manchester Central High School. Uh, this is called the, um, it's such a weird name, the Aglaeus. 
Aglaia is the name of the yearbook. See how that A G L A. I have no idea. I probably knew maybe at that time, twenty five years Ooh, ago. That's good. Yeah. This is, see, like, look at, look at this, like, hardcover, huge thing. Yeah. Um. Were well, you went to a big high school though? You had a lot. Of yeah, two thousand people when I graduated. Oh, my graduating class was probably. It kept getting bigger. It was probably four hundred, but then it was probably twenty two hundred. The school by the time I left. Yeah, yeah. it was big. Yeah. Uh, Adam Sandler went to the high school. There's a picture of him in here. Really? Although, yeah, it's just like they were. So this was the sesquicentennial year, which was 150 years that the school was open. So it was a special year. They did this whole retro thing. And you've got Adam Sandler right here with a Playboy hat on. See him? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. It, it yeah. Is, yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, so I thought maybe we could read some of the comments. Did Sarah my... Silverman go there too? Uh, she went to West? Did she? Yeah. Sully from, um, uh, what's that band? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh my God. <laughs> the great Godsmack. It's going to be okay. Sully's mansions in wow. Manchester. Wow. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Sorry, I didn't know. But yeah, so Sully God went there. Godsmack. <laughs> um, anyway, so it was, yeah, there were some people. Uh, Adam Sandler actually came back. He was like, what, he walked around the school my senior year. I didn't really? know anything. Yeah, it was whatever. Yeah, I think he was like, he never tells anybody he's from Manchester anymore. He's like, he, I think he's embarrassed, but he mm. was there. So should we read some of these comments? It's like people talking to me. I don't know. Go ahead. We can try it out. Hold on. Let me see the first one. I was thinking about that. Maybe I'd let Chris read uh, one of them. Uh, Okay. So this was kind of a weird one. So this is from this guy named Scott. Matt. Hello, <laughs> you are a silly man <laughs> and therefore quite fortunate. Eats, E-E-T-Z, it's been a pleasure getting to know you these past 369,000 years or so. And the only thing you have left to do is eat a pickle and yell Jehovah at the top of your lungs. I know you'll go far. No gun for F ho, it's N-E-G-U-N-G-E-R F-A-F. No gun for F? Ho. Your, your friends aren't the worst. This is not, I don't even the know who this motherfucker is. I, yeah, I bet this is like the group you hung out with, though. They think they're funny and they're this assholes. I hate these people already. You don't even know anything about them. Right, well, who's the first? Was it Scott? I hate what about, Scott. What about Gretchen? Oh, Gretchen. Right. Here we go. Let's right. talk about Gretchen. Right. Matt, my buddy, our friendship has changed quite a bit over the four years. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure it changed a ton. No. Yeah. <laughs> Very complex <laughs> friendship you two have. You, you and, and I have always found time to have philosophical discussions about opinionated stuff oh. and about our feelings and other stuff. Jerry <laughs> Callahan could write the same exact uh, thing, right? <laughs> yeah, we do talk about our feelings. You and Turtle Boy. <laughs> you are the only person I know who can vent as well as I can. I'll never forget Ooh. the mods off that we seem to have every year when you and Corey played guitar and sang 80 songs. Glee dorm? No, Glee mod. Right? That's where it started. I love that, Gretchen said. Hey, Matt, don't shave if you don't want to, okay? Ooh. Right? Hey, are you French? Because you talk with your hands a lot. That's probably <laughs> <laughs> the thing I'll remember most about you. The fact that you move your legs when you sing <laughs> and you close your eyes and get wicked into it with your hands and all. You're so funny. And you're argumentative too. Me? But I don't mind because we get along okay now. We used to argue a lot more, remember? Ugh. I will try to not get so mad at you when you do stupid stuff next year too. Can't wait to go to college. Can you? We can do lots of stuff together and make fun of our friend Derek too. See you next Poor year. Derek. Love, Gretchen. 
What's Derek's story? A lot of the joke. Oh, really? Guy. Yeah, he's, he's just, yeah, he's slower. Yeah. A little bit, you know. All uh, right. Not as a. Uh, uh, all right. Do uh, you, you want to read one more? Or is that good? You guys want to read one more? Do you want to? One more? Are you done? One more. Right, one more. These are embarrassing. Um, let's see. One more of your asshole friends. Right? Ex-girlfriend? I, sure. Yeah. Actually, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's a must. Poor Bonnie. Bonnie? Yes, Bonnie, yes. Okay. <clears throat> was she the ex-girlfriend when she wrote this at the time? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, a few okay. years after. We dated, I think, my sophomore year, and then she was wicked into this, like, druggy guy who was, like, too cool. So they smoked a lot of weed, and then they smoked a lot of weed together, and that was our the end of our relationship. Oh, all right. She left me for that guy. Hmm. It's probably dead now, anyway. Shot up and died. Let's hope. Let's hope. All right, Matt. <clears throat> what do I say to someone who I didn't talk to for so long? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry? I envy this person. <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, I regret things. And you're welcome to say, I told you so, whenever you want. It was fun. You, I, we had some good times. I know the chase was long, but you weren't a disappointment. The chase was long? <laughs> I guess. I think, I think, no, she, I think she was after me for a while. And then I was like, oh, okay. All right. And I was like, let's do this. And then, you know, it was on. <laughs> uh, chase was long, but you weren't a disappointment. Exactly. I was just dumb. Anyway, we're friends again, and that's all that matters now, right? I wish we'd stayed better friends because I've missed you. You've always given me the best advice, exactly. Except that time, Melissa and I were fighting, and I called you up. That was horrible. You said some pretty hurtful things to me. Oh. Yeah, but I forgive you, and I'm not bitter, because I guess, I guess yeah. you need to, <laughs> right? Not at all. <laughs> I'm not bitter, because I guess you needed to get it out. <laughs> uh, Oh, wow. We're losing. We're losing soldiers left and right. It keeps happening. It's uh, hold on to your beers. Uh, things haven't turned out the way I thought. We've all gone our separate ways long before I thought we would. Remember when you knocked me off the bench at the football game? No. Uh, pretty mean of you. Uh, even though we'll all be moving. <laughs> why she put that in there? That There's no like, rest of the because story. Because you abused her. That's I why. I guess I did. Yes, that's why she put it in there. I think it was probably a mistake. Sure. Uh, we'll all be moving on. I will always cherish my memories of all of us as freshmen and sophomores. Those were some of the best times of my life. Oh, yeah. My, and, my life. And I'm glad. She's like 17. Uh, probably still, I would think. Just oh, no, really? No, yeah, no they didn't go yeah. over? Well, uh, I'm glad you were part of them, and I hope you will be in the future, too. Good luck with Abby. Whoa. I can tell by the way you talk about her that you really love her. <laughs> yeah. And... Uh, and I, I'm genuinely happy for me, is what she said. Not, not me, but her. Oh. I'm genuinely happy for me that I'm happy, that Matt's happy. It was, mm. That's a weird thing. Don't fuck it up Whoa. because I want to come to the wedding, Matt. I'll miss you oh. and I'll never forget you. And I hope you don't forget me. Love, Bonnie. Yeah, wow, Bonnie. See? Very nice. So that's what I was doing. Uh, New, we, uh, wait. we have headlines. Headlines? Yes. So right. we'll, we'll do headlines and then we'll, we'll, uh, we're going to stop recording and maybe do like a, if anyone has any questions, Q&A, recording. Uh, I mean, not recording. Not we're going to stop recording. Do Q&A. Any questions or uh, comments, conversation, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. You sound super excited about it. But I, just wanna, I don't know. We'll maybe take some questions or I don't know. Uh, do you want to take questions? Do I want to take yeah. questions? I don't know if people have questions. Sure. Okay. Or whatever. Um, we can do headlines first. Okay. Let's do that. Okay. <clears throat> April 7th through 13th, 1996. Uh, April 7th, well, the Unabomber was arrested on April 3rd. So this really um, dominated the headlines the early part of the week. I'm sure you can imagine. 
He wound up serving eight life sentences. He only killed three people, but he ended up serving because of all the, the bombs only. and uh, and all the uh, people injured. So he ended up getting eight life sentences. He That was the uh, plea bargain. He he never actually went to trial. Right. trial. Um, uh, he's, he's still alive. He's 79. Um, so did he plea against not getting the death penalty? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess that's the only bargaining chip. April 12th, uh, George Steinbrenner was talking with New Jersey about moving the Yankees there. But it was really just a ploy because he, he knew Yankee Stadium was on the way out. Remember, this is ni- ni- uh, 96, and mm. the new Yankee Stadium would be built in 2009, but he was, he was kind of setting the groundwork. But no one believed it. Everyone, no one thought Simon would ever move the Yankees to New Jersey, no so it didn't really go very far. But the big story, or the story I thought was most interesting was on April 11th, uh, a girl named Jessica Dubroff died. Jessica Dubroff was seven years old and was trying to become the youngest cross-country pilot in history. Yeah. Uh, and the plane crashed the second day. But it, it got mis- everything got misreported and misconstrued. Ends up she really wasn't flying the plane because she was seven. They don't, they don't, you can't fly. So I was looking at what was going on and yeah. I came up to that story too. And even the way they, they, I think it was even Wiki, the way that they described it, it still was unclear who was flying it. it was but you're Joe, saying it was the- Joe Reed. It was the okay. flight. It was, so three people died. It was Jessica Dubroff, the flight instructor, Joe Reed, and Jessica's father. Oh. Now, um, the- I think the Dubrovs were trying to pull a fast one on the media and make it seem like Jessica was doing the flying, but that really wasn't the case. It was really this Joe Reed guy. In fact, Jessica was sleeping for some of the flight um, the, the, the earlier day. Yeah, so even Wiki was saying like she wanted to become the youngest person to fly transcontinental, if that, is that right? Well, this is cross-country. Oh, sorry, so. cross-country, right. right. Um, but then if she weren't flying the entire way, then... It's very, it was very big. It was weird. obvious it was a lot for media yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. attention and things like that, trying to build up Jessica's... Profile, and it worked. Uh, it, and the problem was, though, everyone thought Jessica was flying. So the headline of the New York Times on that day was, like, she crashed the plane. But that's not what happened. Um, so it's a, it was a... It, I remember when this happened. Do you remember this story? I don't. Do you got, anyone remember the Jessica Dubroff story? No? Um, yeah, it was a pretty big story uh, in that, you know, that week or whatever. But it, it got a, she got a lot of press. And um, it's obviously a tragic thing that happened, but it really wasn't her. Imagine that, misreported. I know, right? I mean... That never happens. Accuracy. They're <laughs> just believing what they're saying. Yes, my little curls flying this plane is madness, but madness. Um, I think it's a nice uh, uplifting way to end the show. Oh yeah, that, that's that's it. You don't right. have anything Seven fun year that dead, and that's, and that's there. You go. Like, yeah, no one died here tonight, so that's not so bad. All right. Well, um, uh, no, I guess then we got the Patreon. If you're listening to this, the Patreon show is going to be uh, tomorrow, and that's Primal Fear. And we, I haven't put the song oh. in Slack. So right. uh, it's Primal Fear in a song. Uh, and uh, so we're going to talk to these guys. But if you're listening to this, uh, see you guys next week. Thanks.